everybody doing this morning hopefully you're uh obviously you're up because uh your name is there those of you that have said good morning to the other folks which helps create a sense of community uh so good morning to all of you as well glad to have you along in this little ride that we take uh, each and every weekday morning and uh your seeing your names brings me joy. I just want you to know that. I really mean it. Uh, seeing your names brings joy. And I'm so glad and so thankful uh, that you continue to uh, travel along with uh, uh, with us uh, all these mornings. And uh, that you put up with some of my ramblings at times and some of my ums at times. Uh, 
because sometimes that's just the way my brain is functioning, a little brain fog from time to time. We're going to be talking today about lessons from the fig tree. And uh, there's a lesson that Jesus, in fact, a couple different lessons that Jesus gives surrounding the fig tree. And uh, we looked uh, a few days ago at uh, Jesus in the temple area uh, and then back to Bethany, kind of between Bethany and the temple area. And uh, we pick, pick up here this morning in Mark 11. We read this earlier, and I'm coming back to it just as a reminder. Mark 11, verse 12, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Speaks to the humanity of Jesus. Like us, he would get hungry uh, would get hungry. He'd get tired. He'd fall asleep, uh, all these different things. But being hungry as he was, verse 13 says, seeing in the distance a, a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if he had any fruit. If it had any fruit, when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. And he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. I mean, they, they heard him say it, and um, because there was going to be a lesson in the fig tree, something that he was going to to want to teach them as, as they would walk by that fig tree again another time. Now, you could say, well, it wasn't very nice of Jesus to uh, do that to the fig tree. The fig tree didn't do anything to deserve that, and I almost sound like Homer Simpson. Or somebody, uh, but um, it, in many ways, it didn't. One of the th lessons here, and we kind of talked about this the other day, is man has dominion over the created thing. We have almost come in a contemporary culture and society to a place where we think we're here to serve the creation. Now, yes, we're to be stewards of the creation, uh, no doubt about that. That stewardship is found in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis that we are stewards over the creation. Um, but in this instance that we're looking at here, uh, we're seeing that stewardship taken to the place of, of the cursing of the fig tree. I mean, does man have the right to cut down trees? Absolutely. Now, do we need to be wise and stewardly and forest management and things like that? Yes, we do. Uh, I, I believe we do. I, I believe that we, as Christians, uh, are to be the stewards over the earth, and, and we should be the most uh, environmentally aware of anybody uh, and understanding that the environment comes under God Man comes under God, and creation comes under man. Just to keep the order right, that we don't begin to become those who place the created thing uh, over the creator, uh, as we see in the culture. So he curses the fig tree. We're just going to stop there. It's something that's happened. He's hungry. There, it's the next day. It's morning. You know, he wanted a fig newton. There were none. Uh, to be found on that tree, no no fig pudding, no fig whatever you make with figs. 
What do you actually make with figs? Fig newtons, fig pudding, fig... I don't know. But in the morning, as they went along, and this, this is another day now, they had been to the temple, left the temple, gone back to Bethany. In the morning, now they're going along again. This is the next day. Uh, Mark 11, in the morning, it says, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Jesus remember, uh, Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the freak, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, that's something rather powerful there in verse 25. In fact, the whole section here is powerful. The type of prayer that takes hold of God, the type of prayer that believes God to answer. What do you need to believe God for today? What do I need to believe God for today? There's been an area of something I've been believing God for, and God has been being faithful to meet that uh, directly uh, in relationship to uh, the international travels coming up. And and I am so looking forward to the day when I get to take some of you. In fact, I would take all of you, any of you, uh, but I know only some will go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, to some of these places. I'm looking forward to the day of taking some of you to Israel. Uh, taking, Looking for the, forward to the day when some of you may go to South Sudan. Uh, looking forward to the day when some of you might go to Romania. Uh, looking forward to the day when uh, some of you might go uh, simply to Florida, not because that's where you're going to live, but, but to go to New Tribes Mission. You know, if you're close to the Sanford area, you might want to look up uh, Ethnos 360 and pay a visit. We have missionaries there, Dave and Shirley Diepenbrock. Uh, Shirley is Susan Finley's sister, and uh, they're both tall, Shirley and Dave, very tall people. Um, but you might show up and say, hey, I'm here to see Shirley and Dave Diepenbrock. Well, who are you? Well, just tell them I'm from Veracity Chapel. You might not even know Dave and Shirley, but, you know, to go get a tour of their headquarters and things like that would be just a wonderful thing. In fact, Wendy and I are going to be down there. Uh, let's see. Next week we're here, and then we leave a week from Monday to go down to the uh, Ethnos 360 uh, headquarters to be there from Monday through, I think, Friday is when we're there. Uh, so if you're Anywhere in the proximity of Sanford, let us know. We can maybe try to connect. I'll be at a conference, uh, and Don has put it there in the uh, in the comments section. I'll, I'll be at a conference, participating in a roundtable at a conference. But, uh, hey, if we could connect, that'd be great to get a bunch of us and go to dinner or something like that uh, while we're down in Florida for those few days. That's where God has answered prayer, a uh, very significant area now. I mean, I still have trips and travels and things, expenses, but but God has taken care of the initial leg uh, through uh, faithful friends. And uh, uh, now there will be some of the in, 
in-country expenses and things that I'll have to do. My longest flight, 27 hours, and it's not that it's 27 hours, but it's uh, because it's, it's one uh, lengthy, it's overnight actually, uh, stay. Uh, I'll be at the airport all night, and uh, but that's okay because the price was good and, and it works out really, really good. So, But thank you for your prayers there and your support. What do you need to be praying about? What do you need to be trusting God for? Now, sometimes, you know, we've talked about this before, when God doesn't seem to be answering. Well, there are a few things about prayer. One is sometimes we need to keep asking. Sometimes we need to keep seeking. Well, you know, we pray for it, and you go to the mailbox and look. You 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 pray for it. You go go to the door and you look. Um, you you look for God's. You look for that email. You look for whatever it may be. Uh, and so you look, and, and when, when it's not showing up as it should be, when, you know, the UPS or FedEx delivery doesn't show up, then you start knocking on the door and saying, okay, God, I'm looking for you. Uh, Don saying silent prayer. Now, some of you might have prayers that you would, uh, that you would speak, uh, that you would not even be afraid to list here. Say, pray with me about and uh, so I, I would say to you, you know, don't hesitate. And often you do put your prayer requests uh, here, but don't be afraid to list a prayer request, to mention a prayer request that we all might be in agreement with you in prayer. A couple things about prayer. A, we got to keep asking, seek, keep knocking, right? keep seeking, keep knocking. Uh, the other thing about prayer is learning to align ourselves with God. Sometimes God is saying no because he wants us to take some other action. He's wanting us to go a different direction. Or sometimes God is saying, okay, I'm going to have you wait. And when uh, when the time is just right or when you have prepared yourself, then I'm going to give you the answer. Uh, and, and this is, I think, maybe one of the harder ones for us to do is to align ourselves with God. And there are all kinds of ways in which we need to align ourselves with God and align ourselves with God in terms of what our priorities are. Uh, align ourselves and God in, in terms of uh, our inner formation of soul and of self, that we're becoming people who, who are more and more like Jesus all the time. Um, some of those things that, that God will say, wait. Sometimes we're praying for things that are simply outside of God's will. Now, you know, I, I could pray for a nice red GMC truck, 2023 vintage, it's not necessarily wrong to pray for that. Uh, ever since I was about six years old, when I was six years old, our neighbors had a, a GMC Sierra. In fact, it seems to me it was a high Sierra if, if they had them back in whatever that was, 1970, 71, something like that. Oh, it'd be so cool to have a truck like that. It sat up high. It was a nice looking truck. And I always said I'd have a GMC truck. Well, I will choose to live vicariously through my uh, army son who has a GMC Sierra truck. He's got one close enough for me. Uh, I don't need it. Uh, that that that's that that would just be heaping that upon my lust. Now, if if I were working uh, in an industry where I really needed something like that, it would make sense. If I were a place in my life where I were traveling a lot, like Steve and Priscilla have done. Uh, you know, th then maybe it would be something more justifiable. But it, 
right now, just to impress somebody, oh, look at him. He drives that nice GMC truck. I don't know if I'd go with green or red, but there's an area where God's probably going, uh, Jimmy boy, you don't need to have that. Again, I'm not against some of you, uh, your your line of work or the background you've had, uh, you need to drive a, a nice vehicle. I, I Our Jeep is a nice vehicle. Our, our Jeep Grand Cherokee is a nice vehicle. Not a thing wrong with it. It's fine looking vehicle. Getting a little bit dated beginning too, but you get my point. Sometimes we pray for stuff and God is saying, I'm, I'm more interested in your soul than in your stuff. It's not that God doesn't care about our stuff. It's not that God doesn't even care about our hair or lack thereof for those of us who are in that category, <clears throat> like me. Um, but God cares more about our soul. He cares more about our spirituality. Uh, he cares more about uh, our witness uh, than, than he does that we have always the nicest stuff. So to align ourselves with God, to align ourselves with the will of God, to allow God to form in us what he wants to form in us. But this passage speaks about the type of faith we need to possess. Have faith in God. He doesn't just say have faith. Have faith that something will happen. That isn't what he says. He has, he says, have faith in God, specifically have faith in God. And he says, truly I tell you, if anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it and does not doubt in their heart the necessity of not doubting, the, the necessity of belief. Um, James speaks to this, does not doubt in, his, in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Uh, can, I, can I ask you to pray for a concentric uh, and this event coming up in another part of the world? I'm being a little bit uh, covert in what I'm saying. You all know where I'm going, and we're gathering a bunch of people from many places um, in uh, that section of uh, southeastern Europe, And uh, but pray for the logistical details, if you would. I mean, there's a lot of logistics that need to come together, and the circumstances of the last few years, and then especially the circumstances of the last week or so, uh, have made some of the logistic planning for my friend who's been with us from time to time, Mike, uh, a little bit harder to do and uh, things that have been sent, that have been discarded uh, at customs or things that have been sent and been lost or that type of thing. Uh, and uh, it's only a few weeks out. So pray, especially for our friend, Mike, uh, and all the logistic details. Uh, Katie is another one that is quite involved in the logistic aspects of things. So pray for them. Uh, pray for people who are still needing to uh, finish out visas and maybe having a little bit more challenge from their own embassies. Uh, so I would just tell you to pray for those types of things. Uh, because, uh, you know, the enemy doesn't want a conference like this to happen that's going to multiply Jesus all over the world uh, and the gospel all over the world. So pray with us, if you would, please, about all those logistics. Pray especially for Mike, because that, that's his purview. That's what he has to do, and uh, just a lot of logistics to come together. So pray. And again, think of your prayers as well. Don saying over in the comments, uh, over on the other side, I believe God has a plan, uh, and I will wait for his answer, even if it's different from my prayers. You know, blind faith, I'll call it. You know, blind, 
blind in the sense that we don't always know what it is that God is going to do. We just don't know. And so we trust God uh, in the situation. And uh, pray for God to lead. Pray for God to give clarity. Uh, Pray for uh, God to provide. And God often on behalf of his people, comes through in an absolutely stunning fashion when we trust him. Going back to the passage, the question is one of, will we trust God? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it, it will be yours. Let me take you to James chapter 1 that speaks also of this. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The wind. Yes. Um, don't doubt. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Um, and then verse 9, believers in humble position ought to, uh, in humble circumstances, ought to take pride in their high position. You might be in a humble situation, but but God will lift you up. God will bring you encouragement. God will do something significant in your humble circumstances. So I just encourage you, you know, that, that you would trust God. So lesson from the fig tree back in Mark chapter uh, chapter 11 is a lesson on faith. Take you back over there, let you ponder that. But there was another lesson from the fig tree that, uh, that Jesus gave. And uh, let me look that up for you real fast as, as you look at that passage. Um uh, Yes, Matthew chapter 24. Let me take you to another passage speaking of the fig tree. Uh, Matthew 24, and that is verse 32. Oops, I'm in 23. No wonder why it isn't showing up. 24, verse 32. And here it is. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it's near right at the door. So, and we, we, I mean, and we know it. I mean, for us, uh, all of us, likely, uh, we are we're looking forward to spring. I mean, we've enjoyed yesterday a really nice day. I went for a morning walk and had to take my coat off. It got so warm. It was wonderful, and it can stay. It doesn't need to snow no more. And uh, you might say the same thing where you are, but but it's not until you begin to see that the trees begin to blossom that you know summer is almost here. And so what is Jesus saying here in Matthew 24 
is learn this lesson from the, from the fig tree. As soon as it gets its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know summer is near. You know summer is right around the corner. When you see the the, the daffodils and things begin to push up, you know, oh, summer's coming and we're excited for summer. Verse 33 says, even so, when you see these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, you have to go into context. You have to go into the surrounding passages. Jesus is giving um, some end-time prophecy here in Matthew 24, uh, things that are yet to come. I'm going to back up to verse 29. It says, immediately after the the distress of those days, what days? Those days of the tribulation period. Um, It says, immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. They will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now, there's a few different ways to look at what is being said here. How does this fit eschatologically? That is the study of end times. And I do want to give a shout out to Anthony Redneck Bear, listening from Western Pennsylvania. Another family, just keep that family in prayer. Um, Anthony and... and, uh, Simone and their family uh, a lot, uh, especially with with their daughter. Uh, Keep them in prayer. Her name is Lydia. Just put them on your prayer list. Pray for them every single day. And uh, good to have you with us, Anthony. Uh, Eschatologically, the study of end times. Now, this could be referring to the rapture of the church that some believe will happen after the tribulational period. Some of us believe it will happen before the tribulational period. But there's something significant that happens at the end of the tribulation period in the sky with the church, with the Lord, perhaps even those who believe in Jesus during the tribulational period who are gathered together uh, at the end of the tribulation period, at the dawn of the millennial kingdom of Christ, the thousand-year reign of Christ that will happen. So some will see it that way. Others may even interpret this to go, no, this is the very end of all of that uh, when the destruction of all things will happen. I mean, there there is some question as to to when these things happen. Now, I, I because of the fig tree illustration, I tend to always lean toward... These things happen sooner, not later. This is not the very end of the age when the destruction of this earth and the creation of the new heavens and the new earth happens, although there is some uh, teaching in this verse that would cause us to think, well, it could be referencing that. Uh, I do think because of the fig tree, because he says, look at the fig tree, uh, what, what we just looked at down in verse 32. And... Uh, that I, I think that this is is a sooner occurrence, perhaps at the tribulation period. And friends, we need to be people who can look around uh, at the world around us, see the things happening. And, and I encourage you, uh, Tom Hughes, 
uh, Jack Hibbs. Those are a couple names of people that that come up uh, for Farag, uh, Pastor Farag, F A R A G. I can't think of his first name. I mean, those are some who who speak about the prophetic things happening in our world. Others speak of prophetic things that are happening. Uh, and, and you can you can look up some of those things on YouTube to understand, I mean, the unfolding of things. I believe that we are headed toward, at some point, a one-world currency. Uh, I believe that we're heading, uh, at some point, toward a one-world government. And I don't know how all the stuff with China and Russia and, and, and all that's happening in Ukraine and, and earthquakes and all factors into that. I believe it, it factors in at some level because I believe the the playing field needs to be set. The stage needs to be set for the, the dawn of the tribulational period when the people of the earth will be crying out for one world leader and for one world government and for relief. And relief will come through the mark of the beast and people will be able to buy and sell and have access to wheat and things of that nature. How do all these things, like like even the wheat, uh, the impact of Ukraine on, on wheat, uh, how does that factor in? Does it factor in? The point of the fig tree is Jesus said in verse 32, learn a lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know summer is near. As soon as we see some of these signs of the age, we know that the return of Christ is very near. And our call is to be ready. Lessons from the fig tree. Lessons on faith, lessons on believing God in for his work, lessons on spiritual eyes that see the spiritual things happening in our world, especially as relates to uh, yet coming prophecy or the fulfillment of prophecy from the not yet coming prophecy, the fulfillment of, of prophecy, the yet coming fulfillment, that's what I should say, of prophecy. Um and to look around in our world and, and say, Lord, it sure looks like things are, are setting up. We need to be ready. Are you ready? I hope that you're ready. hope that you're ready that if Christ were to appear in the sky today, that you would be raptured out of this place to be with him, uh, that you'd pray for your family in that way, uh, that you would you would witness to people so that when Christ does come back uh, to take his bride away, that you'd be part of that, and that they would be a part of that. Don't want to be left behind. Uh, if the es eschatology is right and the rapture happens before the tribulation, we don't want to see loved ones go through that. Lord, help us. Help us to learn the lessons from the fig tree, the lessons about faith and trusting in you, the lessons about uh, spiritual readiness, knowing that uh, the return of Christ is imminent, can happen anytime. Help us to be ready and help us to help others be ready as well. Lord, we do pray this morning for uh, Anthony and Simone, Lydia, their whole family, and various things they're going through. We pray for Don and his silent request. Uh, we pray for for Mike uh, and uh, things that need to come together uh, there. Lord, we pray. Uh, Lord, we pray for ourselves. Help us to be people of faith, people who trust you for great things today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap. Uh, I'll be speaking tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, and Sunday morning at Fairhaven Camp for a retreat, then back at uh, Veracity Chapel, uh, 10 o'clock Sunday morning. 
I'll see you then. Have a great day, everyone.